Hello, and welcome to the HF21 series on the CHFS perspective and case-based approach on the 2021 CHFS CCS heart failure guidelines. In this episode entitled Newly Diagnosed HF, Initiation of Goal-Directed Medical Therapy, you will learn which drug to start first, whether there is a preferred sequence to start with, whether one drug should be fully titrated before starting the next one, and what to do if the patient has hypotension and heart failure, and more. An on-demand version of this 30-minute episode presented on the very same topic is available right now at www.imedicus.ca slash HF21. To learn more about the Canadian Heart Failure Society and to find out more about upcoming programs and initiatives, please visit www.heartfailure.ca. We hope you will enjoy this episode. So my name is Graham Wong. I'm a cardiologist and I'm the program director for the adult cardiology training program at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. And I'll be walking you through today's case today. I'd like you to meet our patient. We'll call him Bill. Bill is a 77-year-old man, or pardon me, a 76-year-old man. He has an angiogram that has showed non-obstructive coronary disease in the past, and he presents with mild dyspnea on climbing stairs, which you approximate to be about an NYHA2 functional class, but describes no congestive symptoms. An evaluation of his LV function has put his ejection fraction at 40% and he has been labeled with a hypertensive cardiomyopathy. His current medications include a torvastatin 20 milligrams a day and combination perindoprol and laudapine 7 milligrams, 5 milligrams daily. His examination showed heart uh, rate of 73 beats a minute with sinus rhythm and a blood pressure of 138 over 90. The question posed is, he's noticed worsening dyspnea, and although he is currently stable, he presents to your office with the above-mentioned investigations in hand and wants to know about what to do and if there are any medications that could be started to improve his symptoms and to reduce any complications uh, from his heart moving forward. So this leads us to the most recent recommendations from the 2021 CCS, Canadian Heart Failure Society recommendations, where a new paradigm on how we treat heart failure has been introduced. Whereas before we spoke of triple therapy with RAS inhibition, beta blockade and aldosterone inhibition, the Heart Failure Society of Canada and the CCS now speak of what we refer to as foundational therapy. And now we are speaking about four drugs that we would recommend in patients who have heart failure with reduced ejection fraction, which would apply to our patient bill. We recommend, according to the guidelines, that in the absence of contraindications, patients with an reduced ejection fraction and clinical heart failure need to be treated with a combination of uh, medications with one evidence-based medication for each of the following categories, either an ARNI, or in the absence of the ability to tolerate that, an ACE inhibitor ARB, a beta blocker, an MRA, and for the first time, an SGLT2 inhibitor. And the SGLT2 inhibitor, interestingly, is recommended irrespective of the diabetic status of your heart failure patient. 
So you may ask, why are we now recommending four drugs as foundational therapy as opposed to the previous recommendations for triple therapy? In patients with heart failure and a reduced ejection fraction, the treatment effects of comprehensive four-drug foundational therapy in a cross-trial analysis compared to traditional triple therapy showed significant improvement in both survival and event-free survival across all age groups. In someone like Bill, who is 76 years old, we would approximate about a four-year um, additional gain of event-free survival from heart failure and a two and a half year of all-cause survival compared to traditional conventional therapy. So although yes, one additional medication is required, I think that the benefit to be gained in terms of reduced mortality, increased longevity, and an increase in event-free survival and the need for hospitalization and exacerbations for heart failure are almost certainly worth it. So if we go back to our patient, the question is, now that we've identified which agents we should use, a beta blocker, some sort of RAS inhibitor, whether it's an ARNI or an ACE inhibitor beta blocker, an MRA antagonist, as well as an SGLT2 inhibitor, the question is, how should we start them? How should we titrate them? And in which order should they be started? So first of all, I think that this uh, gentleman here probably can come off of his perindopril and amlodipine to allow for some blood pressure room to start these new agents. Although it is not necessary to initiate diuretic therapy in all patients with a reduced ejection fraction, it is important to ensure a state of euvolemia. We want to make sure that the patient's end diastolic pressure and left atrial pressures are not elevated, as that might result in congestion. But we also do not want to render the patient hypovolemic and pre-renal, as that will impact on the tolerability of a number of the drugs for foundational therapy, including the ARNI, MRA, as well as the ASGLT2 inhibitor. So in terms of how the sequence of initiation of medication should be done. The good news is that there is actually no preferred order by which each medication needs to be started. And each patient should be individualized in terms of their ability to tolerate any one of these four drugs in terms of the sequence of which to start first, as well as the ability to up titrate them up to study doses. The approach to initiation and titration of standard therapy should be directed by clinical as well as other patient factors. And these include, but are not necessarily limited to, heart rate, blood pressure, potassium and renal status, access to medications, the adherence of the patients to once a day versus a twice a day drugs, anticipated side effects and tolerability, and obviously patient preference. I would like to remind the audience that there is no preferred or recommended sequence to initiate these drugs and the timeline to starting these medications in terms of getting at least one agent from each of the four classes is around three to six months. When these medications are initiated, it's important that patients should be educated about the need to be compliant to medications and the importance of these medications and the benefit to be gained with compliance, which includes reduced hospitalization, improved quality of life, as well as improved survival. There are some practical tips, I think, that are necessary for patients and practitioners to uh, 
uh, be aware of when initiating these therapies, which potentially could be quite complex. As mentioned above, every attempt should be made to initiate quadruple foundational therapy as soon as possible, although the timeline can be as late as three to six months. Because uh, trials have positioned the ARDI class as superior over the ACE inhibitors and ARBs, this should be the drug of choice when choosing an RAS inhibitor. Um, and I think the other practical tip that's important is that if there is a drug that the patient is taking that impacts on heart rate and blood pressure, but with, does not necessarily improve outcomes with heart failure, these drugs might need to be considered to be discontinued or lowered to allow the hemodynamic room to be able to tolerate these new drugs to treat the heart failure. Now, we know that medications um, can vary in terms of their dose and that medications may need to be down titrated and in very rare instances, maybe even stopped in case a patient has intercurrent illness. I think that if patients have conditions while they are on goal-directed therapy that affect their ability to tolerate medications, patients need to be followed obviously a lot more closely. I would caution against abruptly stopping foundational therapy unless it is absolutely necessary. And instead, you know, we should consider decreasing the dose with close monitoring. And I think patients should be counseled on conditions that may predate the intolerability of medications that might, for example, affect renal function, volume status, uh, or worsening electrolyte uh, balance such as potassium or magnesium. Um, such uh, conditions might include, um, you know, uh, GI upset, uh, concomitant illness with a viral or bacterial infection, or the addition of other medications. If we get back to our patients, Bill, uh, in whom we have decided it's important to start these medications, um, I think it's important to, you know, emphasize the fact that although all four medications are required, we do have some time in terms of how to initiate them and how to titrate them up, and that Bill's ability to tolerate the medications is important in determining the sequence of which drug to start first and which drug to titrate. Um, I think, you know, the bottom line is that these medications work, but in order for the patient to benefit from them, they have to be compliant with them, which means that you need to work with your patient in order to come to a common ground to make sure that the patient is agreeable to taking the medication, is counseled on the importance, which will then improve compliance. Hopefully, this discussion regarding the science and the practical application of foundational therapy was helpful and that has answered some questions that you may have on how we now have this novel approach to the treatment of heart failure with a dose-dejection fraction. This uh, program was made possible through educational grants from Novartis and the Boringer-Ingelheim Lilly Alliance.